Hi everybody, welcome back to Dollar Dollar Bills, a way of life to build personal wealth and financial freedom. I had a podcast, an episode, a couple of episodes ago about healthcare, and I have been in so much pain going through the healthcare system as an kind of independent contractor, self-employed person, that I wanted to do a second episode on healthcare and kind of what I've gone through recently to share with you guys, honestly, in the hopes that you can take from this, learn from it, and you know, hopefully not make the same mistakes I did. Because honestly, when you're associated with a company and you have kind of set in stone benefits, you know, let's say you have maybe three or four, maybe five plans to choose from, it's very different than when you were, you know, a self-employed person who is going through, you know, there's two options. I'm learning very deeply about these options. You can either go through kind of the public marketplace, which is, you know, essentially the, you know, the public government backed healthcare programs that we have. I use that term loosely because it's all crap in my opinion. Sorry for being so vulgar, but but also there are, you know, you can still go through the private sector and I'll, t- I'll tell you kind of my experiences with both and what I think you guys should know. So the first thing that I think you guys should be aware of is in my previous podcast, I gave you some basics about, you know, deductibles and premiums and co-pays. And, and the thing that I didn't touch on there was like co-insurance. So just so you guys are aware, you know, as you as you look at your plans and you look at the deductibles and you also look at the usually you'll have a copay or a coinsurance set up, you know, once your deductible is hit or, or or met. And then you'll also have out of pocket maximums. So those are all things that need to be taken into consideration, especially depending on who's on your plan, the health status of those on your plan, so on and so forth. So when you're with a company in, in a lot of cases when you do have those high deductible plans you also have the option and I've already kind of done a number on HSA so I'm not going to go into too much detail here on them but you usually have the option of you know either an FSA or an HSA and you know my preference always is the HSA and that's always tied to a high deductible plan well it makes sense right because if you're on a high deductible plan a 5000 you know deductible plan Sometimes you may not have $5,000 to fork over for something that may come up, but if you are taking a certain amount out of your paycheck or maybe your employer contributes to an HSA for you, you could have two, three, four thousand in your HSA account that you can then use for applicable health, healthcare costs, which actually kind of in the long run, I think with the lower premiums, if you're a healthy individual is the better way to go. Well, all that goes out the door when you are on your own and you're searching for health insurance. I will say personally, I have not seen every single type of plan out there, but I've seen enough to make your head spin. And I don't think that there's a single one that I've seen at least that has an HSA option. I'm sure they're out there probably specifically on the private, in the private market, private sector, but I haven't personally seen them. And so that kind of throws a huge kink in some of the things I talked about in a previous podcast, which is why I wanted to sit down today and talk to you guys a little bit more about if you are self-employed, if you are a contract worker, if you're somebody who needs to find your own benefits 
the way to go about doing that. So the first thing you need to think about is how much money you're making. I think I said on a previous podcast that it's like 60K is your kind of is your benchmark. I actually think it's closer to 50K and you have to consider your household. So just because you make that doesn't mean that that's that they're going to approve you. And again, this is when you go for marketplace type plans. And so you can go for marketplace plans, but really the the biggest bang for your buck is going to be if you get subsidies. And those subsidies you're going to receive if your income is at a certain level. Usually that level's very low. So you really need to be mindful of how much you're making, how much your household is bringing in. All of those factors need to be considered when you actually look at the you know marketplace plans versus you know the, the private sector. So if you look at the if you look at the marketplace plans and you're like, man, I just don't I don't qualify for any of this stuff. I don't qualify for subsidies. These plans are aren't great. Which by the way, a lot of them have. You can be paying two, three, four hundred dollars a month, and they still won't pay for anything. So I will tell you, I. I had a plan a couple months back and I thought it was a really good deal, really good premium. And it was a good deal because they didn't pay for anything. They paid for about $20 worth of my office visit. And of course I had a lot of things going on over those months. And then my son Hudson, just being a toddler, got sick a few times and it added up to a bill that I received in the mail of $800. So that wasn't gonna cut it. So after I, I, you know, saw that plan, was on that plan, I quickly got off that plan and, and started kind of reaching out and researching other plans. I will also say that I have, I now have a, a health advisor contact and I would highly recommend finding someone, one you trust, because I've used one in the past and they screwed me over when I was looking for maternity benefits. So use one that you trust, find one you trust, and hold on to that for dear life. They are going to be the ones who help you really navigate the healthcare system because it's confusing, it's complex, there's a lot of factors that go into it, and you really want to be able to understand how much truly out of pocket you're going to be paying in certain situations. So at the end of this, I will break down what I ended up doing because I had no benefits and I went into my first doctor appointment as a pregnant individual with a plan that did not cover maternity. So you can imagine my rage when I had to pay about $1,000 out of pocket that visit. So anyways, I will say a healthcare advisor, there's, there's plenty of them out there. Ask me, I have one that I use, she's phenomenal. I'm happy to give her information out to everybody. But I would highly recommend it, especially again, if you are searching on your own for your own benefits. It is absolutely, they're worth their weight in gold. The other thing is if you are healthy, if you're a healthy individual, and actually I've confirmed this with the health advisor I'm working with now, there are plans out there that will that are underwritten by some of the big name insurance companies like Unite Healthcare, Blue Cross Blue Shield, so on and so forth. And they will actually give you a fairly good premium and cover you fairly well. And actually it's really good insurance. So that's what I ended up doing before I, you know, found out that that plan actually did not cover maternity. It was, you know, $340 a month, which is very reasonable for myself and my son. 
and it basically covered everything. I had some blood work done. I got a bill for 10 bucks. It, it covers preventative. It covers, you know, office visits. But that's the thing is you guys want to make sure when you see these these plans that you know exactly, you know, what your needs are. So for me, I'm asking about office visits because I know my kid, my child's going to get sick. My future two kids are going to get sick. They might have injuries and I don't want to have to stress out about can I take him to the doctor or not? Is it gonna be a big bill? For myself, I'm a very healthy person, but from a maternity standpoint, that's a lot of visits, that's a lot of ultrasounds, that's a lot of blood work, that's a delivery, that's a hospital bill, so I need to take those things into consideration. So you really need to think about you know, where you are today, where you're gonna be in a year, because those things will kind of change and creep up on you. But I will say for a healthy person, for a healthy individual, for a healthy, group for a healthy family, those underwritten plans are good. I've also heard really good things, and I'm, I haven't personally used one, so I don't have a ton of experience. Uh, they are like healthcare pooled plans. So essentially you are, you are kind of like in this group who actually owns this, this health insurance. Um, so everyone in the group owns it, and you essentially pay a premium, and that goes into a pool and in a lot of cases, the premium's still fairly high. It can be four, five, six hundred dollars a month. But you can see max out of pockets of a thousand dollars. So it might cost you a little bit more on the front end, so on in a premium capacity, and then also potentially on smaller visits, like office visits, like you know, kind of routine visits, maybe even specialized, you know, special doctor visits. But if if there's any big incidents, like uh, you're in a car accident, you're having a baby, you are someone broke an arm or broke a leg, you have an emergency visit, those, you know, you get cancer. Those are actually where you get a huge bang for your buck. Then, you know, you pay a thousand bucks out of pocket and the rest is covered. So I have also heard good things about those types of health insurances that essentially kind of like pools the money. It's, it's like a group group type of insurance. But between those two, I think those are the ones that I, you know, personally would would look into further if and when I, you know, get off the, the, the situation I'm in now. Okay, so I'm going to end this podcast with the situation I'm in now. So just to give you guys a sense of kind of what happened, I was on an insurance plan, I mentioned it earlier, and it was a really low premium for myself and Hudson, and it just didn't cover anything. I had gotten off that plan anyways because I want I needed a plan to cover potential maternity needs. I was trying to be proactive. We knew we wanted to expand the family. We just didn't know exactly when it was going to happen because you never really know those things. And I I got on a plan and it was like, you know, twice as much from a premium standpoint. I didn't actually know. I wasn't well versed in the benefits. And I will tell you now that is like one of the biggest mistakes. Don't just look at premiums. I was just looking at premiums, assuming it, it was good insurance. That is the dumbest thing you can do. You have to look at the full picture. You have to look at your own needs and understand what the potential out-of-pocket is going to be. So I ended up get, actually getting off that plan anyways and finding a health advisor who helped me find an underwritten plan with United Healthcare. Great. Fantastic. He told me all the benefits. He told me maternity was included. The, the premium was actually, it was higher than my first plan, but it was very reasonable. It was less than the second plan I had jumped on. So keep in mind, this is my third plan in like four months, but, and, and basically it, it was really good insurance. I had to have like a call, a screening, all these things, they approved me. And then, you know, we started on the plan. 
So I get some blood work done at my, at my gynecologist. The way they coded that blood work did not go through as maternity. So again, I got the bill for that. It was 10 bucks. I was like happy as a clam to pay that. Obviously, I don't want to pay anything, but I was very, very satisfied with, you know, the, the bill coming in of $10 rather than $800. So at that point, I was happy. I was feeling really good. And then about two days before my my visit, my, you know, my, my first visit to go in and have everything checked because I thought I was pregnant, I get a call from the OBGYN um, financial advisor or financial counselor. And she was like, um, your plan does not cover maternity. And I was like, that's a joke. You must be misreading something. You know, turns out I call them and find out that it doesn't cover. And so of course I'm livid, but I can't do anything about it. So hopefully you guys don't run into that situation where you have someone tell you something that's untrue. Turns out this guy was relatively new, never dealt with maternity in his life and just said something that he thought was correct when it really was not correct. So went into kind of panic mode, which by the way, if you guys need some of this information, it might, it's, it's probably nice because I didn't know this. It looks like if you are a pregnant person and you don't have any insurance, you could potentially apply and get approved for Medicaid. I am still going through that process. It's supposedly it's short, but it, you know, I, I'm still going through that process to see if I'm if I'm eligible and what the, all the paperwork they need, it's kind of a pain. But it's something to think about if you don't have insurance and you find yourself in this position because supposedly they'll pay like 100% of everything. So it's just something to think about. So I did, I applied for Medicaid pretty much like as I was you know, at the doctor office. They worked some things out for me, but I still left the doctor out of pocket with you know, a thousand dollar bill that day, just that day. Uh, if I was self-paying the whole thing, it would have probably cost me $60,000. So that's something else to think about when, and that's assuming nothing goes wrong. That's assuming no C-section, you know, the minimal amount of stay in the hospital, so on and so forth. So you don't ever want to self-pay unless you are just a multi-millionaire and you have all the money in the world. Even the most expensive insurance is less expensive than, than self-pay, I will say that. But luckily I found, you know, and that was the other thing is I was, I luckily I found myself, you know, kind of calling around during open enrollment, but of course you need to qualify. So that was challenging. And then I found one plan that that would have taken me and it would have been it would have been a pretty good plan, but I was still a little nervous to work with somebody I didn't really know, kind of work with a company I didn't really know. And so, you know, I ended up going with, you know, one of my business partners now, kind of, you know, becoming an employee in one of his companies and getting on their plan, which is turns out to be an excellent plan, thank goodness. High, high, high premium but very, very low out of pocket. It's like $1,000 out of pocket for everything, which I'm very, very thankful for. And, you know, the good thing though, is I will strategize how I move forward and I will pay that for the next couple of months. And then as soon as the baby's born, I will get off that plan and, you know, talk to my health advisor. She will help me get on a plan that probably is underwritten. And, you know, so I'll jump down from a premium standpoint, hopefully substantially, but it should cover all of our needs because, you know, maternity is such a specialized coverage. And I know my situation's very specific, but I wanted to share it because I think I think there's there's this overarching issue with, you know, with healthcare in the US. And I, I know that you guys are probably aware of it, but it's really 
it's really bad. And the amount of money that not only individuals pay, but companies pay, and the government funds for healthcare in the U.S. just doesn't make sense for you know the amount of money these these you know insurance companies are are pocketing. And it's kind of disgusting, and I would love to see a change. I would love to see us be more like, you know, some of our foreign counterparts. And I would love to, you know, witness that change for my kids, for future generations, because it is sickening how much money we have to spend on healthcare. I have taken advantage of the fact that, you know, in my entire 20s and half of my 30s, I was on a high deductible plan where I think I paid like $10 a paycheck and you know fed into an an hsa and barely had to use any of that ever and you know now i'm getting hit with huge bills just to go to the doctor you know for a sick visit so it's 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 a harsh reality that i'm finding myself in and you know it's a learning lesson for me and and honestly it's helped kind of give me a crash course into what i can expect what the healthcare system looks like today which is not very pretty and navigate it a little bit more intelligently. And so I hope you guys get some benefit out of this and you know can use this to navigate your own needs and your own your own healthcare and maybe at minimum it'll just make you realize, "Hey, I'm I have great healthcare with my company. I have great health insurance. I have, you know, a great situation with an HSA that they pay $1,000 a year into and I'm really lucky." Or maybe, you know, you're overpaying or you're paying for too much insurance and you really don't need that much. Um, but hopefully it gives you guys some insight into some of the some of the trials and turbulations of starting your own business, having to do some of these things on your own, and maybe you guys can avoid some of the, uh, the, the costly mistakes that I've had to make. You know, healthcare is such a big aspect of your financial future and of your wealth journey that it, it's, I think it requires many, many, many more episodes to go into to depth with. So I'm happy to do this very specialized episode and I'm looking forward to doing more and more with you guys so I can help educate myself and you guys when it comes to healthcare and health insurance because it is a huge cost, a huge headache, a huge burden that we all have to bear. But I think that's it for today, guys. As always, respect yourself by respecting your money. We'll talk soon.